there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, David Halbert. You worked at the Middlesex Sheriff's Office for six years when you decided to throw your hat in the ring. And I believe that was at the end of 2018 when you ran for that at-large seat on the Boston City Council. What was it like campaigning and doing retail politics? It's hard. You know, I've been on a number of campaigns and a number of different capacities, but it's a cliche, but it's a cliche that's applicable and for a reason, which is it's different when it's you. It's different when it's your name on the posters and the handouts. It's your picture on everything and people are making comments and the comments aren't some abstract or somebody you know, but they're about you. And, and that's hard. But at the same time, it's also an incredibly powerful experience in terms of learning and understanding more about your community. I have lived in the city of Boston actually longer than I've lived really anywhere in my life for over 15 years. Uh, you know, own a home here. My daughter is a Boston public school student. You know, I'm, I'm deeply rooted and connected to this community, which is why I ran, because I wanted to elevate the platform from which I could serve and hopefully help and serve more people. And that's what got me charged up to run and, and what I entered into every day. And some days were a lot easier than others on the campaign trail doing so. But at the same time, I, I looked back on it and say that even though I wasn't successful in earning a seat on the city council and I ran an incredibly competitive year with a lot of incredible, incredible people, and I feel very fortunate that I've gotten to know and befriend many of them. But I learned so much more, even than I had knocking on doors for other candidates in similar races, because it's different when it's you and it's different when you're having those conversations and you're putting your thoughts and your ideas and your beliefs, really, out on the street for folks to critique and kick the tires on and, and make their assessments about. But there was one story in particular that will always resonate with me. And I was out in one of our neighborhoods and I was with a volunteer. We were knocking on doors and the storm was coming in. And so we were right about to wrap up and we figured we'd hit one more door before we started walking back to our car. And most of the conversations you have on the doors are about five minutes or so, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more depending. And this young woman opens the door and I asked if the person on my list was there. It was her father. She went to get him and he came out and we had a conversation that stretched for about 25 minutes. He was an immigrant. He was an engineer who worked at a company, a nice, what you consider, you know, nice white collar job. And he talked to me about the struggles that he was having, that his daughter was an excellent student at the best high school in our city, one of the best high schools in the state, if not the country. And she was doing really well. And he didn't think that he was going to be able to afford to send her to college to continue her education, even with working hard. He was worried that they were going to lose the home that they lived in because they were renters, because the cost of living in Boston as it is down around the greater DC area is incredibly high. And so they weren't homeowners, they were renters. And his landlord was thinking about raising the rent and it was more than they might be able to 
to afford. He talked about the fact that his father back in the country that they came from was sick, but that because of the financial pressures and so many other things going on, he didn't think he was going to be able to see him. And he didn't think that his children would ever see their grandfather alive again because of that. And it stuck with me for a couple of reasons. One, to have this person talking about this uh, and to hear so many things was obviously deeply affecting, but more because of the fact that this person didn't know me. I was a complete stranger who would come to his door to ask for his support. Yes, but it shows you that power of government, that power of politics, that power of retail politics and the connectivity of it, which is you open the door, you don't know what's on the other side there, but that other person can see in you, yes, maybe just a candidate, maybe just serious policies, but maybe somebody who will hopefully listen to them and care about them and want to help them. And I think that more than anything is the most profound part of public service, whether elected or appointed or just a general everyday bureaucrat going into a government job. It's that you have an opportunity in these roles to do so much and help people often at times when they truly and desperately need it. And that is something that for me is incredibly powerful, but also it's weighty in terms of the responsibility that that puts on you as a public servant. And it's something that I think we all are our best at when we're striving to live up to. Gosh, you know, listening to you recount that story, David, I was thinking about the fact that that man who spoke with you was looking to you with hope that you would be able to help him. But I think that what you've just shown is that often politicians are also affected by emotionally the constituents, the prospective constituents that they meet and that those stories, their lives, what they're sharing with you really stays with you. Absolutely. I've been very, very fortunate in my career to work for good people, by and large. And I know that not everybody who works for elected officials can say that. And so I I understand the good fortune that I've had. And that's one of the lessons and one of the threads of commonality between them is that they are people who truly see other people, see their struggles and see their role potentially in helping them through those struggles and understanding that you do have that responsibility when you put your hand on whatever book you choose to put it on when you uh, swear that oath of office and that from the time that you're not just sworn in from the time that you're elected to the time that you leave office that really must be the primary goal that you have it's bigger than any election cycle it's bigger than a fundraiser it's bigger than a debate it is the deep and profound responsibility that you as an elected official have because you have been given for some period of time stewardship of your community, of the lives that are inside of it and that are things that are happening in and around it. And that if you don't take that seriously, it can have catastrophic effects and impacts. But if you do, you once again have that ability to make such incredible change, uh, even if it feels like it's at the margins. Uh, you have that ability to really and deeply impact somebody's life. I want to ask you about your time in college in just a moment. But first, I'm curious, was going into public service something that you had always wanted to do? Or was there something 
that happened? Was there an experience that you had that inspired you to do it? You know, it was a little bit of both. And so I came into college as a, I was an English major in undergrad. And my plan was to go and work in public relations for the American Red Cross. And the reason behind that was I was a blood donor, actually. Still am. Starting in high school, my father was a, was a long, long, long time blood donor. And so the work of the Red Cross just kind of is particularly in that space, kind of fascinated me and wanting to be a part of that and serve. But I didn't see that as kind of a public service job, if you will, just more of a job with a public entity. And while I was in college, I got involved in student government and I had the distinct privilege of serving as the student representative for all public higher education students on our state's board of higher education and got to see policymaking, warts and all, kind of up close and personal. And it really was a kind of a light bulb moment for me there that this was something that really spoke to me at a deep level and it was something I wanted to be involved in. And so I pursued my career following that to be in that space. And I've been very fortunate in the opportunities that I've had. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.